Thank you, Richard and team. Please be seated. Catherine, am I allowed to move this? Will it collapse? How well rooted is it? Uh, so people can see it. There we go. Perfect. Thank you very much. Not behind the microphone. That's very important. Got me thinking of other structures. And um, I thought about small groups. If you could think of a, a symbol for small groups or a structure, what would it be? Am I allowed to give you a little bit of a clue of what I think? There's all sorts of different things, but I wasn't thinking of a, a trellis necessarily for small groups. I was thinking of a body and a backbone, and I would want to argue that our small groups are the backbone of our church. And without you, things might crumble a little bit. Um, vines need a trellis, and why, without... A trellis, I understand, so I'm not... What is a vine keeper? Um, I think that's maybe, maybe a vinter, I don't know. Maybe, but without them being looked after, I understand that vines crumble and grapes get trodden on and it doesn't go well. So um, thinking about this, I don't want you to imagine necessarily that you're a vine or a grape that's going to get trodden on. But actually, in terms of our spiritual lives and disciplines, I think we need to pay attention. Because I've been doing this Christian walk for quite a long time, and I've got into some reasonable habits and some not-so-reasonable habits. And... Um, the sad thing is that the things that I don't pay attention to sometimes have been in circulation in Christian circles for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yet I haven't managed to get them established in my life very well. So, um, yes, I read my Bible and I pray, and Sabbath is important, and I'm working on it. But looking at those three things that we're looking at this evening... Um, we're not Ofsted, it's between you and the Lord and the Holy Spirit, but how is your prayer life? How is it when you come to Scripture? Is it a drudgery or have you found a way for God to speak to you? And what about Sabbath? I mean, we are in Surrey after all and, and we don't do rest, we just work and we work and we work, or some of us do. Now, um, I'd like to say this evening that I'm not going to say anything new to you. It's been out there in circulation forever and a day. I am going to be recycling, which is quite uh, a fashionable thing to do, but recycling um, some ancient wisdom that's been passed down the ages that somehow seems to skip every generation including us. And I'd like you this evening maybe just to spot some of those things, and I don't want this to be a heavy thing, but I guarantee, not because I'm saying it, but there will be things to do with prayer, 
Sabbath and Bible that you need to pay attention to. And it's not that I'm going to come and entertain you this evening. I'm just going to come and share some basic stuff. And it's between you and the Lord how you process it. You'll have heard it said probably loads of times um, from sermons in this church or the churches. But a definition of, of madness and... Um, That's to know that you're doing something not quite right or wrong, and you keep on doing it time and time and time again. And the idea of this um, series is that we um, try and break those patterns. And I haven't got very long to share, so I'll be very disciplined. And Catherine, I've got to finish at 25-2. So um, fasten your seatbelts. I think it's um, easy to be overwhelmed by frenetic activity and sometimes what the Lord invites us to do uh, doesn't feel um, very inviting. So I'm going to probably spend a bit more time talking about the Sabbath than other things. You wouldn't probably put your hands up, but like, is anyone here that's confident that they've got this Sabbath thing nailed? And if all your hands go up, then... I'll go on to the next thing, and I'll ask the same question about prayer, maybe, and about engaging with your Bible. And I think the things that I'm talking about this evening, uh, things that um, it's all right to invest in us, it's us and our roots in in God. So the the images of, I think, um, John's Gospel, vine and branches, and deep roots rooted in the love of God. So we're going to start um, with some radical age-old solutions. So if, um, if you had a um, Bible with you, <laughs> you'd know in Genesis that uh, God created the world and um, on the seventh day he rested. Exodus 20, 9 to 11, six days shall uh, labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or your female servant, etc., etc. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but he rested on the seventh. Um, He said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I'm drawing on um, some points that Pete uh, Scazzaro um, raises in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, where um, he talks about Sabbath. Sabbath is something that God did, he rested, and those of us who are made in his image need to do the same. Second, Sabbath is um, part of the DNA of creation. Rest is part of the DNA of creation. I watched something on uh, farming the other day, and you're supposed to rest the source. Human beings are supposed to rest as well. Um, Sabbath's a time set apart and needs to be committed for the Lord. It's an act of worship. It's an act of faith. It's supposed to be holy. Sabbath helps us to embrace our humanity, our vulnerability. Now, I don't know, maybe some of you are mature enough to work out what your limits are in life, but sometimes it takes a major crisis for some of us to discover those, and God doesn't want us to go there if he doesn't need to. Sabbath protects ourselves from self-harm, overwork. It reminds us that God's world uh, is good 
And uh, it's a, I suppose it's a preview of what is to come, what he hopes for. Sabbath defeats the powers and principalities that define us by our work. It offers lived experience of God in his grace. And um, it's one of the ways uh, that we can point people to Jesus um, because it's so counter-cultural that we would dare to rest that folks might indeed wonder why we're doing that. So it's for people um, who are in paid employment and unpaid employment. It's for everyone. And um, our Sabbath practices need to be boundaried. Um, But the trouble is that some of us, paid or unpaid, the stuff that we do normally tramples over every area of our lives and we don't necessarily think um, to do it. Um, I was away on a, a a conference for a couple of days, and for Christian leaders, I think Sabbath, they struggle with all sorts of different things, but Sabbath is one of the ones that folks beat themselves up about, because they really struggle to do it, they know it's the right thing to do. Uh, I think I've told you this before, that my son challenged me on this, and he reckoned in me it was a lack of faith, because I didn't trust God enough to be sorting things out when I wasn't working. And I don't know anyone else has got that sin, but that was one. So we're encouraged to stop, to rest, to delight, uh, to contemplate God. So I probably don't need to explain that too much, but to stop and embrace embrace our limits, um, to get rid of the myth that we're indispensable, um, and to recognize that, and this probably comes as a a realization for those of us that are nearing the end of our lives, that we're not going to get everything done on the bucket list or on the the work list or the checklist. It's never going to happen. So let's not pretend that we can, but it's about discerning what the right things are to do. We're encouraged to rest. God modeled that to us. Um, Sometimes that will require a little bit of planning. Uh, On Sabbath, we're encouraged to delight uh, in in God and creation and things that are good. One of our, uh, in our purpose statement, the discipline of celebration is there to encounter, celebrate and share God's transforming love. We need to pause for a while, not to moan at God, although that might be a justifiable thing to do at the moment in prayer, but there's probably things to celebrate as well. Maybe when we're thinking about joy and delight on the Sabbath, we could go for a walk and look at creation. Maybe some of you are brilliant at cooking. It could be uh, providing a wonderful meal. Maybe some of you like nothing better when you're resting and recovering and rejuvenating. Is to, and you can feel guilty about this, but it's okay to go and read a book. For some of you, it's okay probably to have a nap. I struggle to get away with that in my household. Um, (laughs) um, Maybe um, it's just to feast our senses um, on the wonder that's around us. For some of us, it might be doing exercise or doing sport, but it's okay to do good stuff on the Sabbath if it's restoring us. 
something weird going on there. And maybe also to contemplate on God and on his goodness. So I think I'll probably, shall I switch that one off and that one on? So, there we go. I'm not good at holding these things. It's much easier not to, actually, for me. Anyway, have I laboured the point a little bit there? They're just sort of wasted words, actually, unless we do something about it. So I can give all sorts of justifiable reasons for it. But if we're not modelling Sabbath and rest, uh, we're not paying attention to something that God thought is really, really important. And it will affect, um, I suppose, the fruitfulness of your life and it will affect the fruitfulness of our ministry serving God round here. And um, I, for one, want to be in it for the long haul. So I'm trying really, really hard to set some boundaries where I do have some rest and I do have some fun. And on your Sabbath, you might want to contemplate God, but it doesn't have to be hard work to do that sort of thing. Um, Prayer. Practical ways uh, to incorporate prayer. I mean, I, I think there's all sorts of different ways of praying. And what I'm not talking about here is intercession, it's, it's more our relationship and an intimate relationship with God, um, loving union with God, friendship with God. And a practice that I've been told is really, really good, that I have struggled with over the years, but I'm getting better at. And you're going to think, some of you, this is complete nonsense. That's not prayer at all. Okay. But how about just being still? for a few moments? How about not having to think of anything for a few moments? How about your only heart's desire and prayer for a few moments is just to be in God's loving presence? And every sinew of my body, when I was a little bit younger than I am, used to rail against that sort of nonsense. How on earth could someone expect me just to do that? There's plenty of things to pray and plenty of things to be getting on with. But I suppose I hadn't quite clocked the grace of God. I hadn't quite clocked that actually it's good enough just for me to be with him. It's an act of faith and worship for me to set aside time to do this and to do nothing else but it's hard so I have to practice and you start with a few minutes and maybe it extends a little bit longer and rather just talk about this this evening how about we just do it and some of you might nod off but call that your Sabbath and that's okay and we're just going to be still before the presence of God. And if you have a heart's desire, maybe it's, Lord, would you reveal your loving presence to me? Let's just be still for a few moments.
And here's one of the coolest two verses in the Bible. If you struggle with words or if you haven't got them, Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. How cool is that? Jesus intercedes, the Spirit intercedes, and he invites us to use words from time to time. But if you've got no words, if you sit in his presence, the promise is that the Spirit is busy. And the prayers probably help to reshape us and um, pray for things that we just don't have the words to be able to express. There's different models of prayer. I'm not going to go into the detail, but some of you have heard of acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I think that, I don't know whether that's in a book somewhere. It will be. Acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. We all know what that is. Um, Lord's Prayer. Anyone heard of that? We've preached on this, haven't we? I don't want to go into the detail of that, but you can spend hours if you use that as your framework. If you want to find some words, what's difficult in Matthew's Gospel is such a killjoy, but you've got to sometimes go in a room on your own. Like, how boring is that? Some of you will absolutely love it. But this is something between you and God and not necessarily to put on a show. Um, just finally on this bit, and I'm looking at the time, Catherine, and I've got to do the Bible in two minutes. Uh, <laughs> the, um, the Psalms. I mentioned this on Sunday, those of you in church, but if you're struggling for things to pray, the Psalms have the whole range and gamut of emotions that you can express. I, I commend them to you. The churches, maybe Jesus' prayer book as well. Okay, the Bible in two minutes. This is bad. But I'm, I've let this last because I'm assuming that we're in a sort of church that probably has taught more about that than other things over, over the years. So that is why it's last. So you know a lot. But what I'm not talking about here is Bible study. Um, that's really good. Or Bible exposition. That's really good. I'm on about um, encouraging you, thinking about these deep roots, to use the Bible for you to deepen your roots and loving communion with God. Jesus said, I have a testimony weightier than that of John for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I'm doing, testify that the Father has sent me. He says, and I feel the ouch of this in my Christian walk over the years, you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. They're the very scriptures who testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me and have life. God's not interested in you having information. 
He wants us to be transformed by his word. So that's why I go to scripture from time to time on my own. Study is really, really important. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, etc., etc. Um, but there are things, and Richard hinted on this on Sunday, the picture of the lion uh, chewing the carcass, but chewing the cud, we're to ru- ruminate, meditate on God's word. And again, not got time to explain this. I've got all the notes here, but Lectio Divina is an ancient practice that gets people reading scripture, meditating on it, um, and then um, turning it into prayer and into contemplation. And I commend it to you. When I read scripture, I try and use my senses, not just my brain. And I encourage some of you to to get into the Bible and the sights and the sounds and the different dynamics that are going there and just to be in the the scene and imagine yourself there. And you can do this in a variety of ways And loads and loads of passages lend themselves to this. How about the road to Emmaus? Where would we position ourselves at the stoning of Stephen? What about at the mouth of the grave of Lazarus? Would you have wanted to be inside there with him? I'm going to stop Catherine. Thank you so much, Patrick. Um, Gosh, so much to think and reflect about there. And I'm sure that different things will have struck different ones of us from what Patrick said, something that really challenged me about Sabbath was how much faith do we actually have to let God take care of things when we take a day of rest. That's one that I need to go away and think about. But there's loads of wisdom in the room about this sort of stuff as well. And that's what we've got time now in our groups to work through some of the, the questions, questions starting on page nine. You'll find you've got a couple of questions on Sabbath, a couple of questions on prayer, and a couple of questions on the Bible. So it doesn't matter if you don't do all six questions, but try and cover all three areas so that you get a chance to talk about all all three of those different things. You've got till nine o'clock, okay, so about 23 minutes to chat to one another. And after that, you'll have some time just between you and God to capture some of what God has been saying to you. So this is a chance to share wisdom with one another now. Over to you.